Hi, I'm Jim Stroud, and this is my podcast. My very first podcast in this series focused on brain-to-brain communication. If you have not heard it yet, uh, you may want to check it out. In it, I reported on how scientists connected two people's brains together so they could play Tetris using only their minds because (laughs) why not? Well, I've noticed uh, quite a few breakthroughs in the brain territory that I found fascinating and frightening. Details after this. DuckDuckGo is a search engine just like Google, and its main focus is users' privacy. If you have ever used this search engine, you already know what it can do for you. Now, whether you are a new DuckDuckGo user who is trying to learn what all this site can do, or you are someone who has already been using the site for some time, learning some of the search tips for this famous search engine will not hurt. Go to www.jimstroud.com free to download the free ebook. 12 DuckDuckGo search tips you should know to boost productivity. Again, go to www.jimstroud.com free to download the free ebook, 12 DuckDuckGo search tips you should know to boost productivity. Do it now. You'll be glad you did. Okay, check this out. Researchers from the Advanced Telecommunications Research Institute International, ATR, and Kyoto University in Japan have found a way to decode thoughts. They built a neural network that not only reads your mind, but recreates a picture of what was in your mind as well. The scientists behind the breakthrough are uh, Guo Washin, Tomoyasu Horikawa, Kei Majina, and Yuki Yasu Kamitani. And apologies if I mispronounced those names. Uh, Here's a quote from uh, the Tech Explorer blog. Specifically, the team has created a first-of-its-kind algorithm that can interpret and accurately reproduce images seen or imagined by a person, wrote Alexandru Maiku in ZME Science. Their paper, Deep Image Reconstruction from Human Brain Activity, is on BioArchive. You know, let me, uh, let me interject here. Uh, BioArchive is a library of scientific papers, uh, just in case you didn't know, because I certainly did <laughs> All right, so the quote continues here. Uh, Vanessa Ramirez, associate editor of Singularity Hub, was one of several writers on tech-watching sites who reported on the study. The writers noted that this would mark a difference from other research involved in deconstructing images based on pixels and basic shapes. Quote, trying to tame a computer to decode mental images isn't a new idea, said Maiku. However, all previous systems have been limited in scope and ability. Some can only handle narrow domains like facial shape, while others can only rebuild images from pre-programmed images or categories. What is special here, Maiku said, is that their new algorithm can generate new, recognizable images from scratch. Ha! 
Okay, if you think a machine reading your mind and then showing you a picture of what's in your mind is like, wow, <laughs> then, then listen to this. Uh, engineers from China Electronics Corporation and Tianjin University have created a chip known as the Brain Talker. Uh, this device is said to be capable of reading human brainwave activity and then translate it to enable users to control a computer. Hmm. If you're a fan of the anime Ghost in the Shell or have seen the sci-fi movie Robocop, uh, then you have a pretty good idea of, of how this stuff works. I learned about this from the uh, Sputnik International website, uh, who had this to say about it. Ming Dong, director of Tianjin University's Academy of Medical Engineering and Translational Medicine, explained that the Brain Talker chip works by identifying minor nerve information generated by the cerebral cortex and decoding this information to enable communication between a user's brain and a computer. The signals transmitted and processed by the brain are submerged in the background noise. The BC3 brain computer codec chip has the ability to discriminate minor neural electrical signals and decode their information efficiently, which can generally enhance the, uh, excuse me, can greatly enhance the speed and accuracy of brain-computer interfaces, uh, Ming said in a press release. Now, I've saved the best and most interesting discovery for last. It comes from the Axios website with the article title, Advertisers want to mine your brain. Market researchers are hooking up test subjects to scientific-grade brain scans searching for triggers that spark emotional connections and affect behavior. How it works. Brain tests like electroencephalography, EEG, allow researchers to see how people's brain reacts second by second to experiences like watching a TV ad, scrolling through an app, or popping a redesigned cap on a soda bottle. Electrodes monitor neuron activity in various parts of the brain, cameras watch for eye movements and micro-expressions, and skin sensors pick up on changes in heart rate and mental effort. They're looking for emotional attachment, memory activation, and active attention, how they vary throughout an experience and whether they can change after a consumer interacts with an ad or a product. It's the combination of emotion and memory that's really powerful as an indicator of whether this experience right now is going to have an impact on future behavior, which ultimately is what's at interest here, uh, says Bradley Vines, director of neuroscience at Nielsen, a leading market research firm. By the way, Facebook built its own neuroscience center in New York to study and conduct experiments along these lines, and upon learning that, Little alarm bells started ringing in my mind. How will we protect our privacy in an age where machines can read our minds, where our brains are literally connected to computers and our very emotions and memories are being manipulated to better sell some product? 
People wear Fitbits to monitor their physical activity and sleep patterns. And people wear Life Alert bracelets in case of emergencies. And I noticed, uh, as you probably have too, people are wearing wireless Apple earbuds everywhere. None of this is strange to us because, I guess because we're used to it. Uh, the technology has seamlessly, uh, seamlessly merged with our day-to-day lives. But at an earlier time, carrying around a cell phone 24-7 would have been an alien concept. What happens if the next hot social network is not online or on a smartphone, but is literally in our heads? Imagine seeing in your mind advertising so personalized that you cannot resist it because it plays on the emotion of some of your most recent memories. Imagine that the information in your brain is sold to third parties and as a result, even more irresistible advertising is presented to you in the physical world. And as this goes on, you freely share the information in your mind because you just appreciate all the social network in your brain has to offer and all all your friends are there. Until one day, you think the wrong thought, a politically incorrect thought, a thought that could damage your reputation, incur legal fees, or bring you to prison. Sound far-fetched? I don't think so. There already is a concerted effort among big tech companies to silence speech they disagree with. Unless antitrust actions take place, our freedoms will be more limited, but I digress. I'm going to leave the last word to Nita Farahani, a leading scholar on the ethical, legal, and social implications of emerging technologies. She gave a very compelling TED Talk entitled, When Technology Can Read Minds, How Will We Protect Our Privacy? And it went like this. In fact, in my lab at Duke University, we recently conducted a nationwide study in the United States to see if people appreciated the sensitivity of their brain information. We asked people to rate their perceived sensitivity of 33 different kinds of information, from their social security numbers to the content of their phone conversations, their relationship history, uh, their emotions, their anxiety, the mental images in their mind, and the thoughts in their mind. Shockingly, people rated their social security number as far more sensitive than any other kind of information, including their brain data. I think this is because people don't yet understand or believe the implications of this new brain decoding technology. After all, if we can know the inner workings of the human brain, our social security numbers are the least of our worries. If you love what you heard, hate what you heard, or don't know what you just heard, I want to know about it. You can leave a comment concerning this podcast on my website at www.jimstroud.com. In addition to finding source material and related information for this podcast episode, you'll find other goodies that I hope will make you smile. And if you have not already, please subscribe to my website. Your continued support keeps this podcast train chugging down the track. Bonjour. This is Fabulously Delicious, the French food podcast. I'm Andrew Pryor, and every week I bring you the wonderful and fabulous people involved in French food. 
whether they're here in France like me or from around the world. Each week, we dive into a specific topic, be it a French dish, an ingredient, or a French cuisine cooking technique. My guests are all about French food, so come join me on Fabulously Delicious, the French food podcast. Bon app.